want to welcome you to the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. We have plenty of opportunity to give into fear in our lives. What if my spouse and I separate? What if my kids get hurt? What if I lose my job? Rather than accepting fear, don't take it. Let's tune in with Pastor John. Men's hearts failing them for fear. Now, I said earlier, in the absence of faith, there is fear. In esuencia de fe, a miedo. When we put faith into our equation, or rather, when we took, put faith into a situation or circumstance, we have a confidence that our situation or circumstance will work out for what? For our good. Cuando agregas fe a tu situación, confiamos en que nuestra situación Funcionará para nuestro bien. Faith is saying, I may not get what I want or I expect, but I know I'm going to get what's best for me. Fe está diciendo que podría no aprender lo que quiero, pero sé quiero, I mean, pero sé que aprender de lo mejor para mí. But when you take fear, pero cuando to recibe miedo. This is when fear, and we put it into an equation or in a situation or circumstance, where we end up with a what if. What if I don't make it? What if I fail? Que tal si no soy capaz? Que tal si yo fallo? What if I'm wrong? Que tal si me Equivoco. What if I get hurt again? What if I die? Que tal si yo muero? What if? Receiving fear has led us to this what if, and what if keeps you from completing the impossible things of God. I don't know about you, but how many times has God put a task before you, but it never gets done? Are you procrastinating on because you're so busy trying to figure out the what ifs? Some of you want to start a business, but you're like, what if it fails? Some of you right now have been hurt in relationships before, and you have a relationship right in front of you, but you're like, well, what if I get hurt again? So because of these what ifs, it will stop you from moving on and doing the things that God has for you. Fear. Faith is having confidence in your outcome. La fe tiene confianza en su resultado. Faith is saying, I know what I want. La fe dice que sé lo que quiero. But at the end of it all, God has control of the situation, and he is going to work it out for my good. I can't explain it. No puedo explicarlo. I can't add it up. No puedo agregarlo. All I know is, according to Jeremiah 29, for I know the thoughts that I have towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil to give you an expected end. When we have the absence of faith, we have fear, y'all. En la suciencia de la fe, tenemos miedo. Tienes que estar... Sosteniendo algo, fe o miedo. You have to hold on to something. Either faith or fear. You can't hold both. No puedes sostener uh, ambos. See, fear comes from not knowing the outcome. 
Fear causes more misery than all sin and sickness of our lives combined. No estamos enfermos todo el tiempo. No estamos pecando todo el tiempo. Pero la mayoría de la gente tiene miedo de la algo o alguien todo el tiempo. We're not sick all the time. We're not sinning all the time. But most people are afraid of something or somebody all the time. You think about it right now. There's certain things that you just hold on to. You've gotten so used to being afraid to it that it's become normal. Now, I do, you know, as I'm standing here preaching to you, I do have to remind you that there, that, that there is a reasonable or normal fear that's a good thing. <laughs> it's a gift from God. El miedo normal es algo bueno. Es un regalo de Dios llamado ser cuidadoso. See, you guys, there's certain fears that God wants you to have, such as you don't climb to the top of a mountain and just jump off. You guys ever, like, you stand on the edge. You guys, you guys know you've been in certain places. You look down and you get that little fear, and, and somebody says, no, just look over. You're like, ah, I'm cool. I don't want to stand next to the edge. You're like, man, no, I'm a little afraid of that. And people are like, see, you got a spirit of fear. No, that ain't a spirit of fear. That's a gift of God that's saying, don't go too close to the edge, fool. You might fall off. Come on. See, these are the kind of fears that God gives us. But the problem is, is when we have a, a, an abnormal or excessive fear, it can destroy the plan of God in our lives. Sometimes fear gets so out of control, it causes panic. And panic is fear out of control. You, I, I, I'm just going to talk to a couple people. You ever have one of those dreams where, and you think it's a dream, but you know, I know I was awake, but I couldn't move. I couldn't speak, and I tried to call on Jesus. I couldn't even talk, you know, and you were paralyzed. Fear will stop you and paralyze you and keep you from going places. You ever, listen, you ever see that there is a situation happen to you in your life where you know you should have run, but you were so scared, you're like, Ugh. fear paralyzes you, stops you. It keeps you still. And you can't move. So, saints, I, I want to get in your mind today about this evil thing called fear. Fear. Let's turn our Bibles to Matthew 8, 23 and 26. Now, we're going to talk about these men, these men that walk with Jesus, these mighty men of God. And, and, and praise God, uh, I need you to look and just in, in your mind's eye as I begin to read these scriptures. I need you to picture uh, being with these people, with these men uh, during this scripture. Don't, don't just read it, but just take your mind to this place. And, and, and it starts in Matthew chapter 8 at verse 23. And it said, and when he, speaking of Jesus, was entered into the ship, his disciples followed him. Now, first, let me stop there. It seems like anytime you follow Jesus is a good thing. Can I get an amen? If Jesus is going somewhere, I want to go. God, if you don't go before me, I'm not going. Jesus went into the ship, and they followed him. I think the name of the ship was probably called Relationship. Wasn't that the name of the ship? I believe that. Okay, okay. Um, verse 24. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but Jesus was asleep. Hmm. And the disciples came to him and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful, O ye of little faith? 
Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this that even the winds and the seas obey him? Now, before I keep going, I need to back up so I can explain a few things that we have theologically gotten wrong in our lives. Is, is first of all, when we picture Jesus in the boat, we sometimes we see movies, and as the storm is happening, Jesus is supposedly in an, an, a different part of the ship where only the people were getting wet were the guys on the outside of the ship. But it said the ship was covered with waves. So I truly believe that Jesus was at the same part of the boat where they were. He, he was experiencing the same wetness, the same winds, the same trouble, the same tossing as everybody else was, but Jesus was asleep. He was resting. So as this was happening, Jesus was dealing with the same thing they were dealing with, but his posture was different. He was trying to show the disciples, look, this is your posture you need to take during a storm, especially if you're following me. So as it was going on, I mean, just honestly, you would think that the disciples would say, look, we're with Jesus. We're with God. Ain't nothing going to happen. We're going to be in this boat. Obviously, we're going to get to where we're going. And if we sink, we're with Jesus. It doesn't matter. But they got so scared, they go and wake Jesus up. Jesus, Jesus, don't you care? We're dying. And Jesus gets up and he says, why are you so fearful? Oh, ye of little faith. This is where I need you to pay attention to. First of all, we look at this whole, we look at this line of thinking. We look at it as Jesus insulting them. Why are you so fearful? Oh, you of little faith. But if we read our Bibles just a little bit, we realize that the Bible tells us if you have just a little faith, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say unto this sycamore tree, be ye plucked up and Tossed into the sea. So if you have a little faith, what Jesus was saying was, oh, you of little faith. He was complimenting them. He was reminding them that I have given you enough faith. But he said, listen, I've given you a mustard seed. I've given you little faith. If God looks at you and says, oh, ye of little faith, it's a compliment. If a mustard seed of faith is enough for you to tell a mountain to move, you would know it's enough for you to stop a storm. Oh, ye a little faith. But he turns and then he says, why are you afraid? Basically, what he said to him is, you shouldn't be afraid because I've given you enough faith to face this fear. So why did you succumb to fear when you had enough faith to deal with it yourself? Oh, 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 okay, okay, you guys with me. I understand, and we can go on. The disciples were still rookies in the relationship with Jesus. Therefore, they didn't really know who he was. They knew that he was Jesus, and you're the son of God, and you came in the flesh. You're the Messiah, and you're going to uh, free us from our oppressors. They knew about Jesus, kind of like a lot of us here know about Jesus, but haven't had a real uh, uh, boat experience with him. We haven't been in a position where we were tossed to and fro with the waves and covered, thinking that we were going to die. See, some of us in here know Jesus to just a little bit of point and we've never been in any turmoil or, or any kind of situation but I can tell you what after this situation they knew Jesus in a whole nother way see Donald said earlier that some of us will get to know Jesus through the things that we suffer so they're in the boat they're suffering they think they're going to die but they found out that Jesus that's why they said what manner of man is this 
See, they didn't, they didn't really know who Jesus was. I, so, like some people in here today. It's like, Jesus is just somebody I can go to and pray to, and, and he's going to protect me and give me what I want. No, that's not the kind of God that we serve. Yeah, I didn't want to hear that today. I'm going to give you the truth. You can hate me for telling you the truth. I'd rather you hate me for telling the truth than love me for lying to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... So they, they, the, the disciples assume that their main protection against the storm was their boat. <laughs> Didn't catch that. See, they assumed that their main protection was the storm, and the storm was their boat. And then the boat clearly wasn't strong enough or big enough to sustain them. Because if they fought, felt like the boat was going to protect them in the storm, they wouldn't have thought they were going to die. See, we become fearful when we doubt that our source of security is strong enough to sustain us. Okay, maybe you don't understand. Am I getting too deep? So like right now, some of you guys in here feel very comfortable and you feel secure because you have a great job. It pays well. I'm making good money. You know, it pays the bills. I got a house. I got a car. But guess what happens? Lose that job. Your source of security is now gone. God, don't you care? I'm dying here. Your ship starting to sink. Come on, somebody. You know, when that relationship you're in that you depended on so much and that person you love and, man, God sent them to me and everything and then they start to cut out because you putting so much trust in them and then you find out that they leave and all of a sudden your life falls apart. Your relationship is sinking. You're perishing. God, don't you care? I'm perishing. Your trust is in the resource. Listen, the resource is exactly what it says. Resource to do over again. The source is God. And what God does is he gets other things to distribute what he's given to you called resources. It's already been given and he's using other people and other things to give it to you. Your job is a resource, but God is your source. Don't you forget that, baby. You need to understand that. God can remove you from one job and take you to another job. God can call somebody to come up and slap you with a million dollars. He's God. He can do what he wants. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. The earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof. If God can take my job, God can give me one. God can take my house, he can give me another one. And guess what? If he don't, oh well, it's his plan and purpose. I'm just going to walk in it because I got faith. The most common fears that we have, you know what, guys? We can't even control. You can't even control. Some of us are scared over things we cannot control, and we get so fearful about it. The things like job loss. You, sometimes you can't control that. Now, don't get me wrong. Some of y'all been fired and need to be fired long ago. Don't get it twisted. Showing up to work late, leaving early, not doing what you're supposed to, and then when they tell you you're fired, you're like, oh, my God, I don't know why. The devil's attacking me. No. The devil ain't had nothing to do with it. We fear about things like how our children are going to act when we're not around. Some of y'all right now should be afraid about how your kids are acting back there right now. Yeah, y'all need to be afraid about that. They, they ain't good hands, though. Here's something else. You know what we're also fearful of? Cheating spouses. You can't control it. But we're afraid of it. Cold part about it is, is that we allow fear to get us so much because we're worried about cheating spouses or doing whatever that we resort to start manipulating people to try to make them do what we want them to do, which is really witchcraft. 
Oh, oh hey, I'm, about to, I'm about to touch y'all real quick. Watch this one here. So this is what we do. So what we do is we get so fearful that somebody's going to do something else. So we start using word games and mind games to try to manipulate somebody into doing what we want them to do, which is really called casting spells. So what, when you cast a spell, you say things like when we see on cartoons, you are now a chicken. Poof. And they become a chicken. What they do, you turned them into something that you wanted. So now, so what we do in manipulation is we go, okay, I want them to feel bad for what they did. So then what you do is you start saying things and doing things to them to make them feel bad because you want them to feel bad. It's a manipulation. Anytime you impose your will upon somebody else, that's why God doesn't force his will on you. God says, I don't possess anybody. He said, I place before you a choice today, life or death, blessings or cursings, you choose. But what we do is we choose for people and because we're so fearful that people are going to leave us, we're so fearful that people aren't going to like us, we're so fearful that people aren't going to love us, that we resort to falling so far away from God that we start doing witchcraft just because of fear. I wouldn't want to be in a relationship anyway that I had to be that afraid that my wife, or my wife is going to leave or do something. Who wants to be like that? That didn't mean leave him. That's a disclaimer. Pastor said, I don't want to be, he didn't beat it, so I, I'm leaving. No. If our primary sources of security, if any of these things are our primary sources of security, we will be tempted to panic. And when we panic, we allow fear to come over us. And then when we do that, we go right in to leaving what God has called us to do. And we can get ourselves into a whole phase of all kinds of witchcraft and sorcery and, and everything else. I'm telling you guys, this is part, these are manifestations of the flesh. When you start manipulating people, you better believe it's something fleshly. And you better recognize it because you may end up opening up portals and windows to your life that you're tr trying to figure out what is going on in my house. What's, what are the bumps in, in the night in my house? I'm telling you, uh, possession, spiritual possession is real. Spiritual oppression is real. And, and, and listen, nothing can happen to you unless you allow it to. You got to open up the door. No, nobody can come in and wreck a strong man's house unless he first binds the strong man. Then he'll come in and wreck his house. You, if you got, look, you don't have to open the door. Now, going back to the text, when Jesus was awakened in the middle of the stormy sea, he asked, why are you afraid? So let me ask you guys today, why are you afraid? What are you afraid of? A lot of us are, are, are so used to being afraid that we've made it a normal part of our lives. You, you know, it's called settling. I'm so fearful that I settle that this is just the way that it is. This is just how life is that I got to walk around with my heart beating real fast every once in a while. I got to walk around with all these depressions and, and everything else. We just say that's just a part of life and I'm going to accept it. Why are you afraid? So today, while you're here, I'm going to give you the cure. I'm going to give you the cure for fear. If I was smart, I would take this cure for fear, I'd put it in a bottle, I'd link up with some pharmaceutical companies, and I'd sell it for millions and millions of dollars, and we can build us a new church. 
I'm just joking. Because I truly believe that anything that's found in this book here should never be for sale. It should be free. Matter of fact, we should be in a hurry to give it away. It's like, hey, hey, I got something for you. Come here. Get this to you. Watch this. You guys ready? You guys got your catcher mitts on? I'm about to give it to you. Now you're going to get this for free. Here it comes. You guys ready? The cure for fear is this. Don't take it. You didn't, you didn't get it? No? Somebody got it? Don't take it. Do you guys understand that principle? Don't take it. My God, that's it. Let's have, let's, we ready for altar call? <laughs> Watch this. This is how you guys understand. Watch this. Let me see if I got something in my pocket. Ooh, 20. Young man, right there, right behind Victor. Yeah, you, right there, point yourself. Yeah, come here. Come here. Come on, come on up here. Come right up here. Right up here. What, what, what's this right here? A $20 bill. Do you want this? Yes. Okay, but this is mine, right? So in order for you to get this from me, you're going to have to take it. But guess what? You don't have to come and steal it from me. I'm going to give it to you. But you have to take it. It's yours. Take it. I gave it to you. Come on. Take it. See, you guys are like, you're so stuck that I gave the guy money, you missed the, the analogy. See, the thing is, is that I gave him that. And he didn't have to take it if he didn't want to take it. If that $20 bill was fear and I went to hand it to him, it was his choice whether to take it or not. See, the problem is you have to want to take something to take it. We don't know that our propensity for fear is based upon our desire for it. We like it. Why do we go to scary movies? Hey. Because we like to be afraid. Why do we get on roller coasters? For some reason, fear is a thrill. It's attractive for a point. But then all of a sudden, that fear gets, it starts to overwhelm you because you took it. See, earlier, I made a tweetable comment. Did you guys tweet it already? You guys. You guys, get ready so now you can log on real quick and get ready for this. You can take my picture as I'm saying it. You got it? You got it? All right, okay. Okay, here's the tweetable, here's the tweetable comment. Uh, okay, you ready? Ready? Tienes que estar sosteniendo algo fe o miedo. I'm in? You have to hold on to something. Faith or fear. No puedes sostener ambos. You cannot hold both. See, God has given, given us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Do you hear what I said? God has given us 
the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. And these all have been given to us in potential in faith. Every man has been given a measure of faith. According to Romans 12 and 3, it says this, God has dealt to every man and woman a measure of faith. And that measure of faith is found like a mustard seed. Oh, I need you guys to pay attention. If I could do my pastor hand right now. Y'all remember what that means? Listen. You can't even see it. In my hands a seed. And we know that in the Bible, in Matthew chapter 17 and 20, it says, if you have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be cast out into the sea and it shall be done. This is a mustard seed faith right here. God given you this much faith. He's dealt you a measure of faith the size of this mustard seed. And in this right here seed is the potential for power, love, and a sound mind. I hope you guys are getting this. You see how small this seed is? It's this faith right here in my hand. Just a little bit of faith gives me power, love, and a sound mind. He gives me power of the Holy Ghost. He gives me power of the gospel. He gives me love who is God, and he gives me sound mind, which is the peace of God, and gives me all kinds of understanding and peace. It's the peace, all potential. It's a potential. The potential of every harvest, the potential of every orchard is found in a seed. It's the potential. You guys hear me? Potential. But you have to do some work for this potential to come out. Oh, man. You guys are about to catch this. You guys are about to catch this. And see, one of the problems is, let's see, with this seed, God gives us this seed right here of faith. And with this faith, he wants us to work this faith, right? You guys with me? Now, let me put, let me, let me put my faith down because I have to put my faith down because I said earlier that you, you have to hold something. You're either going to hold faith or you're going to hold fear. You can't hold them at the, at the same time. So now, all of a sudden... Here goes fear. Fear is big. It's, it's cumbersome and, and it's heavy and it's hard to carry around. But if you notice, I got to hold fear with both hands. And when I got a hold of fear, I can't lift my hands up to praise God. When I'm, when I'm holding on to fear, I can't do any work for Jesus because my hands are holding on to fear. When I keep holding on to fear, as I keep walking with fear, it gets too heavy for me. And it starts to worry me and hold me down. And I can't take it too long. And then it completely stops me. This is the reason why God says to, the, to all of his people, come unto me, all those who are burdened and heavy laden, and I shall give you rest. See? What he's calling you to do is to come and throw down your fear at the throne. And he says, come unto me. My burden is easy and my yoke is light. See, what I got for you will allow for you to have a hand free. See, watch this. See, when God said, look, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say unto this mountain, be moved. Watch this. You ain't going to stand there and be a magician and go, Mountain move. That's not how it works. See, you have a little bit of faith in one hand. It's so small because God wants you to have your other hand free. Because when you say to that mountain move, he wants you to go get a shovel and start digging on that mountain. Why? Because faith without works is dead. You got to work with one hand, baby, and have faith in the other. See, you get with somebody else. I got the shovel and faith. You got the wheelbarrow and faith. And together as a team, we will move this mountain into the sea. It's the faith. 
the size of a mustard seed. Oh, ye of little faith, you got enough faith to make it. You got it, baby. But this is why he said, where did you fear? At what point did you put down your faith to pick up fear? The same way I gave that young man $20, it's the same way the enemy is handing you this big old ball of fear. And because we want it, we take it. Oh, you're laughing, but this is what we do with our fears. This is what we do with our insecurities because we find purpose in it for some reason. And because we find purpose in it, we, get, we fall in love with it because sometimes in our fears, it gets us attention because we're codependent on people. And in our fears, we, it, it draws people to look at us. And, but, but we're getting the attention, but attention is a lie. Attention is a lie. And people, you know, that codependency is a lie. What God says, what I need you to do is let go of that what's in your hand because I have so much more for you. I need you to come to my feet cast your cares upon me for I care for you it's the faith of a mustard seed oh ye of little faith but how are you investing your faith are you just holding on to it or using one hand to work and you're using the other hand to believe in your faith See, when I have faith in my hands, I could still raise my hands and worship. When I have faith in my hands, I could still believe God. When I have faith in my hands, I could still work and do the things that God has called me to do. When I have faith, but when I hold on to fear, it will, it will stop me. It will keep me from moving and doing the will of the Lord. When you, when you hold on to your fear... You can't work on your business. You can't work on your relationships. You can't work on your healing. And you can't work on your breakthrough. You just can't do no kind of work. Now, as I bring this to a close, I want to tell you guys that there's a natural and practical strategy for repelling fear. It's like fear repellent. See, I, I'm here to tell you that fear is going to be with you no matter where you go. I don't care. It's, it's always there. It's, it's there for you. Every, everywhere you go, it's like kicking around a soccer ball. You just, it's there. It's in front of you. Sometimes we'll even trip over fear. It's ever present with us. But this is why God said in Deuteronomy, he gave us a commandment. He said, be strong and courageous. You can't be courageous. You can't have courage when there's no fear. So he knew that fear was going to be there. And in order to have, to, be, to have courage, in order to be brave, God said, listen, I need you to have courage because fear will always be there. Just don't pick it up because I didn't give it to you. I didn't give it to you. I've given you the power from the Holy Ghost. I've given you the power. Romans 1 and 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of of God unto salvation. I need to be saved every day because fear constantly 
attacks and trips me up, gets in my way. And sometimes as I'm doing my work, I, I, I lose focus of my faith. And sometimes I put down my faith like the disciples and pick up fear because the situation is speaking so loud. And I don't realize that I'm picking this fear up and, and I'm still praying. I'm still doing these things. But all of a sudden, the fear gets so overwhelming that I can't see nothing but the fear in front of me. And when fear's in front of me, I can't make my way down the path that Christ has called me to walk. When the fear's in front of me, I can't see nothing. I can't look unto the hills which cometh my help, for my help cometh from the Lord because there's fear in front of me. And it's so strong. It's got gripped me because fear will grip you and, and paralyze you. But this is when God said, be strong. Ha. Be strong. Because I've given you the spirit of power. And I'm commanding you to use that power to cast down every vain thing that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. He says, I've given you the power and love. Love. What is love? Love is God. And perfect love casteth out all fear. And when you have that power and you have that love, it'll give you a sound mind. You know what a sound mind is? Peace. Peace. This is what God has given us. And he's given us his, our, his word. And this is it right here. The strategy for repelling fear attacks is this. Put the word on it. Same way you get a hot dog and you put whatever you put on the hot dog. Some people's like, uh-uh. I heard somebody the other day say, I made a sandwich, and then I put everything on the sandwich, and I went to grab the Miracle Whip, and there's no Miracle Whip. I just threw the sandwich away because I just can't eat it like that. That should be our attitude when facing things. If I don't put the word on it, I'm not going to do it. If I can't put the word in it, I'm not going to eat it. I'm not going to have it. I'm just going to throw whatever that is away if I can't put the word on it. So you need to understand this, saints. You can't just say a scripture and think it's going to work. You got to work the scripture. You could be blessed by hearing the word of God, but blessed are they that are doers. Philippians 4, 6 and 8 says, be careful for nothing, but in all things, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, Brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So I need you to understand something because we have a problem in our prayer life. Because it starts off, it says, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Some of us are waiting for the fear to leave without giving thanks. See, my faith tells me that God's going to do what he said he's going to do, and I'm not going to wait till I see it. So as soon as I say, God, God, right now, look, watch, watch this. God, right now, I'm just so full of fear and anxiety and panic. I'm having a panic attack. God, I need you to come in right now. See, we're praying and we're asking. We're praying and the supplication is asking him for something. And then as soon as that happens, just start thanking him. God, thank you. 
Thank you for healing my mind. Thank you for giving me the peace that surpasses all understanding. God, I thank you. And as you begin to thank him, watch this. As you begin to thank him, the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. And he becomes into the room right where you're at. And he inhabits your praise. And now when God shows up, then you can start saying, okay, so let me think about some true things. God, you are God. You are God all by yourself. Oh, you are my stronghold. You are my tower. You are my fortress and my refuge. You begin to talk to him and speak to him because you've invited him into your situation. And then you start thinking of anything that's vert with praise, anything that's pure. And you say, God, I begin to thank you. Lord, I just thank you right now for my wife and my children. Lord, I thank you for everything that you've given me, my job. I thank you for the health that I have at this moment. I, I, I thank you right now. I'm still able to praise your name. I may not be able to run 10 miles, but I'm able to stand up and raise my hands and give you everything that I got. Lord, I thank you. Then 2 Timothy 1 and 7 says this, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. 1 John 4 and 18, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Made perfect in love. Can, can we change the word love real quick? It's okay? Okay. There is no fear in God. But perfect, but God in his perfect per perfection casts out all fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in God. For God is love. I'm not, I'm not changing. I'm just, I'm just using what the Bible says. So perfect love. And what is perfect love? Jesus Christ. He is perfect. He is whole, complete. Nothing missing, nothing broken. And because he's complete and he's love, it says that he cast out all fear. See, if I need to get fear out of my life, I just need to make sure Jesus gets into my life because he will cast out all fear. Now, I didn't say that fear ain't going to uh, ring his ugly head, but he'll cast it out. Mm. Hebrews 13 and 6. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Woo! Psalms 27 and 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is a stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Fear is a lie. People even call it an acronym, fear. False evidence appearing real. So many of us in here have been living a life of fear and not realizing God didn't give it to you. Fear is not of God at all. No parts of it. God himself saying today you need to receive his love through Christ Jesus so that that love will cast out all fear. Saints, don't take fear anymore. Don't settle for being afraid. Don't settle for the fear of stopping you from the, the, the purpose and plan that God has on your life. I know that some people in here, there's got to be somebody in here. I know the Lord would have me because all week I've been toiling. I've been heavy. This morning I came here and didn't think I was going to make it. I wasn't even in my right mind. Can I be honest with you? I, I, was, I was full of anxiety all week and I was doing everything I could that according to the word of God and prayer and everything was happening. And here comes Sunday and it got to its peak. And I need to tell you guys that you know the sad thing about it was when fear comes in, he brings friends. Fear loves to party and he don't do it by himself. Because he came in and when he came in and he found out that the door was open, he, he brought in fear came in. He says, hey, depression, come on with me. 
A panic. Come on with me. A sickness. Come on in with me. And they'll make a home in there. And, and I began to feel the weight of, of, of fear and depression and everything else. And it began to take my mind. And I knew, I said, God, if I'm under this type of a spiritual attack, I know that you, that, that you want to speak to your people. I showed up this morning just trying to, trying to keep my mind stayed on that. And I almost couldn't preach this morning. I was so heavy. I was so heavy. I couldn't even talk without crying for no reason. But then God's word is true. Because I didn't keep it to myself. You guys need to hear this. I stood with, with the praise team and the, the elders, and we stood there, and I said, I don't know what it is, guys. I'm heavy, and I just need you to just praise God for me because right now I, I can't lift my hands. I, I need you to pray and praise. And all of a sudden, as we began to pray, watch this. They said, my wife looks at me. She goes, you want me to pray? Because we all pray together. I said, no. I got to go through. Last week's message. I got to go through. I'm going to make this prayer. And I prayed. And I started to feel a little bit different. Okay. Then I had a brother come over to me and start talking to me. And then I started to feel a little bit more strength. And then all of a sudden I walk out during the praise and worship and the people were praising God and lifting their hands and worshiping the Lord and the atmosphere began to change. And, and see, when, when people start praising God, as I said earlier, the, that God inhabits the praises of his people. So when Jesus shows up, the Bible says that perfect love, Jesus, casts out all fear. I felt the fear lift from me and began to run and began to take off. And as that happened, I was free to come up and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, to, to, to preach the, the acceptable year of the Lord to preach deliverance to the captives to set at liberty them that are bruised God began to move and, and I'm saying this to you because he doesn't God is not a respecter of persons he doesn't just do it for your pastor I'm just being given testimony because if he do it for me he'll do it for you I no longer want to live by fear but I got to start doing the word to make sure that I cast it out that it never gets a hold of me that it never rains in this body and God wants the same for you today. When fear shows its head, saying to God, don't take it. Don't take it. Amen? Amen. Stand to your feet. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.